Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Oncology professionals are living in interesting times. There have been great strides made with new therapies that extend lives, but there are also a lot of challenges with cost of therapies, reimbursement, and other burdens on practices. This is Laura Jost, and I'm the Associate Editorial Director of the American Journal of Managed Care. On March 21st and 22nd, I was in Washington, D.C. at the Association of Community Cancer Center's 45th Annual Meeting and Cancer Center Business Summit, where I had the opportunity to interview Tom Gallo, the outgoing president of ACCC, as well as Dr. Ali McBride, whose term as ACCC president started on March 22nd. Tom and Ali spoke to me about how ACCC's members feel about the state of cancer delivery in this time of change, as well as recent trends that were highlighted in an annual report. Tom, who speaks first, discussed what his theme as president had been and progress made in the area, and Ali outlined his theme for the coming year and what he hopes to accomplish. Just to start, I, I wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about the meeting itself because it's right now is a kind of a great time of upheaval for cancer care providers. There's a lot going on. Treatments are getting more expensive. Um, administrative burdens are growing. Um, but at the same time, there's also a lot of promise going on. Um, so I just wanted to know what you two have seen with with all this going on. How do your members feel about the state of cancer care delivery? So, I mean, I think that's an interesting question, and I think um, people are all over the board about that. As a matter of fact, Ali was on a, on a panel earlier today, and the last question of the panel for the three people was, how do you feel? And one person was very optimistic, one was very uh, pessimistic, and the other was somewhere in between. So I think because of all the challenges, you know, people are, are um, I, I think there's a combination of optimism and fear on what's going on. People are really excited about the promise of, of new treatments and, and um, how quickly those are coming to market. And then on the other hand, we're all wondering how we're going to pay for it and deliver that care. And I think we've heard a lot of discussion from our members and also at the meeting as well. You know, the distribution of care, the models of care that are being developed are really becoming more salient for our patients. You know, we're looking at new measures of care. We're looking at alternative payment models also coming across the board. OCM is a big topic that ACCC has really spearheaded with their workshops and also member involvement. The one thing that we're also looking at in a very kind of confirmatory discussion is what are those costs? You know, we're looking at costs of care just from the physician and the patient perspective. But oftentimes we have to address other supportive care measures, including nurses, nurse navigators, triage nurses. Uh, if you have a pharmacy, the pharmacist, pharmacy technician. If you're doing research, what are those costs as well? So there's a large area for navigation across the board for a patient population. So I think moving in that direction is looking hopeful in terms of addressing care. I think the thing that we're all concerned about, which is a very hot topic, is the cost of cancer therapies. And to really add to the discussion that Tom had actually provided is the fact that as we continue to grow the number of therapies, the new outcomes available with immunotherapy and other areas, it's going to be harder to address how to actually mitigate or sometimes ration care, which is a very big discussion at this point. So we have lots of optimism, um, lots of realism, and lots of idealism. So we have to kind of figure out the best ways to quantify that over time as well. 
And it seems like every month there's another new policy proposal coming out from the federal government, um, and each of them could have huge implications for healthcare providers and healthcare delivery. So, how is ACCC working with members or gauging their response regarding these policies? ACCC has always been very engaged in uh, advocacy when it comes to policy in D.C., and, and ACCC has, has maintained very good relationships on the Hill um, and with uh, CMS throughout the last 40 years. So, um, you know, we, we have staff that helps on the ACCC side, and they are in constant contact with the membership often through the Government Affairs Committee. So there's a Government Affairs Committee made up of members who uh, interfaces with ACCC, and, and uh, the policy folks at ACCC do a really good job of communicating with us on what the issues are and ask for our feedback, and then they really try to take a balanced approach. And really, it's, it's the, the responses that we craft are really... Um, advocating for the patient, making sure that there's access for the patient and that the, the cancer, the community cancer centers can really provide the best care and that we're not impeded through policy. And looking at, you know, one of the things that I really can say about ACCC and probably, you know, the area that which I was really awakened to in terms of their goals as an organization is the policy development. You know, the Government Affairs Committee is so far ahead in terms of addressing issues. We have numerous people from government asking us for our input as well, really kind of moving forward on some of the ideas that may actually seem attractive, but also some of the detractors which may not make the policy or a pilot program in terms of governance for reimbursement or other areas under CMS um, in terms of policy to be addressed. So we're seeing lots of discussion on the forefront. OCM has been one thing where we're constantly having a great discussion. ACCC really providing a lot of input, but also hearing from the members and governing that input because CMS is also learning from us as we are learning from them. So that's been really a great development right. of our policy community as well. And really, I know Tom, right. you're OCM practice as well. I am one too. Mm -hmm. These have been areas of really having a lot of dialogue with CMS. Yeah, and the OCM collaborative that ACCC has put together has been uh, extremely impressive. I mean, we've gotten tremendous uh, participation from OCM practices. Uh, more than half the OCM practices have engaged in, in ACCC's OCM collaborative. And so, um, again, you know, as policy develops, ACCC tries to fill the gaps with education and advocacy. And so, Tom, this meeting, this this sort of signals the end of your year as the president of ACCC. And this year was marked by your theme. It aimed to address burnout and foster well-being among members of the cancer team. So what positive actions did you see being taken to address the well-being of providers? Well, I mean, the, we've spent a lot of time um, talking about the topic. And I think, uh, you know, we started logically with some surveys of the members to try to find out, you know, how they were feeling about the issue. I think one of the things that we've done is people have talked about physician burnout in oncology for a while, but we've tried to expand that because it really does impact the entire cancer care team. Um, and so we've tried to focus on the entire team and not just the physicians. So after the surveys and getting the results, we've tried to design programs. Um, we've tried to design resources that, that our cancer uh, members can use to uh, develop their own programs, implement them, and try to address these problems. So there's been lots of programming in the, uh, in the recent uh, ACCC me meetings, including this meeting. 
um, as well as articles in uh, oncology issues and, and on the web. So uh, we're trying to, again, educate the, the community and uh, make it a priority for the community. Hopefully they will adopt this as a priority in their, in their programs and, um, you know, and improve the work-life balance uh, for our, our teams and create more resilient teams. And uh, last year at this meeting, um, we had actually spoken right at the beginning of your presidency, and you had mentioned that there was an increasing level of frustration and anger at the bureaucracy and how it was taking away the ability to provide good care. A year is obviously not a lot of time, but has that sentiment changed, or are you seeing that it might be changing? Well, I mean, I think we still have that problem. I think people are trying to uh, address that problem in different ways. Um, you know, and again, part of what we're doing is trying to uh, to present strategies to the members to address those issues. Um, you know, trying to get people to work to the top of their licenses and take some of the administrative burden off. We've, we're actively engaged with the, the EMR vendors and the other technology vendors to, to try to get them to provide some solutions so that it's not death by a, a thousand clicks, to, to paraphrase the, the title of an article that just came out recently. And so we've been working on those things. I mean, I think uh, I think recognition is the first step to solving the problem, and I think we've gotten there. Um, and I think people are making it more of a priority. And as they make it a priority, I think we'll see solutions come down the line. Great. And Dr. McBride, your theme focuses on the sustainability of cancer care delivery. Does the theme for your year presidency build on Tom's theme from last year? It actually adds to the theme. Our goal is to look at education, innovation, and also compensation. Some of these things may actually add to the team's discussion, especially the compensate to address burnout. Because oftentimes we talk about the physicians, but the physicians are working as a team. You know, whether it's a community practice or academic practice, you have a baby like five or ten people working with the patient. And you know, looking at the compensation for this, maybe addressing how we can address these patient care options as well may alleviate some of the frustration, but also providing layers of interaction with the patient to reduce some of the extra out of the effect that physician sees. And that's going to be one of our goals during our discussion, but also the education, you know, developing new technologies, next generation sequencing, oral therapies, technology therapies, how are we dealing with this? is going to add to discussion about new means to integrate some of our methodologies, which also is leading to some frustration with our EMR system. Hopefully that can provide some interaction and outcomes as well. But as we see anything in this day and age, innovation is becoming one of the critical discussions across the board. We are in an age where immunotherapy is dominant, where technology is now actually intertwining our lives with patients and also caregivers and our healthcare team. So we'll be talking a lot more about what's happening on the innovation side, including new methods for detection, pathology understandings, including next generation sequencing, and also new histochemistry testing, new genetic markers, which are arising from information from new therapies and novel therapies out there, but also addressing innovation with imitation, such as that with biosimilars, where we're actually reducing costs for our patients as well. So we have lots of opportunity to discuss this. I think some of it will add on um, to actually Tom's presidency theme. And also some ideas will foster new developments and new discussions as well. So the annual Trending Now in Cancer Care report came out and it had highlighted the financial struggles of patients who cannot afford their cost of treatment. How is ACCC working to address financial toxicity? I know that that's something that's been on their minds. Well, that's something that ACCC has, has always taken a lead in. 
Um, and, and you're you're right. In the trending survey, um, there there were a, a lot of issues that were identified regarding financial toxicity, um, including you know, really high percentage of um, groups that thought that their patients would uh, refuse care or had seen their patients refuse care because of the cost of the therapy. ACCC has a financial advocacy network and has created you know, reimbursement assistance guides and, and really taken the forefront in that. And, and those resources are imperative in today's market with the cost of therapy. We've seen lots of financial toxicity and um, you know, having well-educated financial counselors and, and patient navigators who can assist the patients is really becoming a standard part of care and very necessary. And you know, one of the things that we've seen at the Financial Advocacy Network is not only looking at um, therapies, but also looking at what are the copay assistance programs for therapies, foundation assistance. We know that um, the current therapies, whether IV or oral, always have a high patient burden. Um, Cost-sharing, co-pays are always part of this issue. Uh, in some cases, we've also discussed the role of oral chemotherapy parity, which ACCC has been behind to address some of the high-cost oral therapies. But looking at what's happened with financial toxicity, the drug costs are continuing to get higher. Treatment has been actually being looked at in terms of what do I ration my treatment with. We've heard similar outcomes and discussions with rationing of care with insulin, just for diabetes. This is similar to what's happening with oncology, probably to a higher extent because we're looking at life and death discussions. When we're looking at the overall cost of these therapies, we have to actually utilize many different people involved, and ACCC really has provided both education from the Financial Advocacy Network, um, assistance support through many different methods, including our reimbursement guide, which comes out every year, and also other means to address either therapies or comparative therapies that may actually provide outcome utilization with similar efficacy at a lower price. And I think that's where we're going to see innovation discussions with biosimilars, which will actually decrease overall cost of care for our patients as well. And were there other findings from the trends report that were surprising or that you think were important to highlight? I, I, I didn't really find anything surprising. Um, uh, but, but again, the percentages of patients who had refused therapy, that was the thing that, that really uh, stood out to me. I mean, I think some of the other results are, are things that I expected in terms of the reasons for, uh, for frustration and burnout, in terms of workloads, in terms of lack of work-life balance, um, and the administrative burden that has been put on the, the caregivers. Uh, those are, are um, uh, again, those are results that we had, but I, I somewhat suspected those. Uh, again, on the financial toxicity, the amount of people who are willing to forego treatment because they just can't afford it is, is pretty shocking to me and, and uh, sad to me. And I think this really adds to the discussion about patients. You know, our focus is to take care of patients, first and foremost. You know, wherever we are in the healthcare system, a multidisciplinary role, we want to provide optimal care to patients. And the thing that always concerns me, and it doesn't have to be this year trends report, it could be the year before, mm -hmm. it could be another study being done, we are finding more and more, due to higher costs with these therapies, patients are refusing therapies, or in some cases, rationing therapies. You know, I'll take my drug every three days, because it's an oral. Mm -hmm. I'll try to use drug interactions to increase the level of a drug exposure to prevent another two months of co-pays, which are high to them if they're falling to Medicare Part D. So 
you know, from my standpoint, the question is how do we get those patients on appropriate therapy with potentially life-saving curative yeah. intent? And this adds to the burnout um, in cancer care as well. I mean, I think when a physician uh, is, is trained to help patients and sees that they have therapies that can provide benefit to the patients, but the patients can't get them because of financial issues, it affects the entire cancer care team. Thank you both so much for joining me. Thank you. For coverage from the ACCC annual meeting, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, you can email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.